Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. Happy to be broadcasting, pre-recorded, this evening. From the dungeon, DF Dungeon family, to my left, big boy, big boy's on my left, Andre's on that right. No, cousin uh, cousin JJ's on the right. Back in the house. Feels good to be back. And, back in the uh, house. And my brother. Is somebody at- Is somebody eating Cheerios? Cousin JJ's back. Is there a parade happening? After listening to the podcast last week, I thought we were sponsored by the university. The marketing department sponsors. Brought to you by Notre Dame Fighting Irish Media. Am I getting yeah. some some of that Notre Dame money? No, you're not. Dang it. Have you had your rainbows and unicorns today? Please tune in to <laughs> Indie Fan Radio. <laughs> right, exactly. There needs to be like a magic laced, you know, breakfast cereal or something uh-huh. like that, right? Daisy Fields skipping in slow motion, yeah. pissing yeah. piss free yeah. Cheerios. One, one one out of one out of every fifty boxes has a contract extension in right, it. Right, exactly. <laughs> 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 to my left, my brother, Andy McFly. He's the uh He's the appraiser on this road show here, Antique Road Show. That's me. All right. Well, we're going to talk about uh, Notre Dame, North Carolina. Fighting Irish are victorious 33-10 to 10 in a game which, uh, I don't know. What? <laughs> it was that kind of game, wasn't it? Usually that's when you say hard-fought battle. It in wasn't a hard-fought battle. In the rain. In the driving rain. Driving North Carolina rain. The only rain I saw was... North, it was uh, Michigan, Michigan State, man. Yeah, that started coming down. It didn't hit it? here. I was watching the radar, so it hit here about 20 minutes before it hit Ann Arbor. We're on the same longitudinal plane, about <laughs> roughly, yeah. roughly. Yeah. So yeah. when it goes through, goes through that, yeah. But that was excellent. That was excellent. And when uh, D'Antonio, I guess, chalks one up for our strength of schedule in a roundabout way. I don't know if that ever matters at the end of the season for. <laughs> <laughs> playoff points or I mean, that seems like a eternity away but for now we uh we do get to talk about the game uh about ian your boy ian book ian book uh, in the house boy ian book and uh you know a lot a lot to uh a lot to recap here cousin jj's back you from his one week hiatus so uh sure let's get stuck in what do you got fly Let's talk about Ian Book. I mean, we may as well start with that. I think that it's a little bit of cliche. I don't know if Ian Book was necessarily the biggest story of this game, but I'm curious how you guys think, just kind of overall, maybe what what grade you thought it was. He started out, at one point, he was 9 for 12. He looked really hot, I thought. I mean, he's hitting hitting guys left and right. And then by the time you get to the end of it, we're looking at a passing line that's pretty similar to what we saw Wimbush do. I mean, 17 for 31, 146 yards, uh, one one TD, two picks, 55% completion percentage. You know, again, he had a hot streak starting out, but then all of a sudden it kind of... You know, and you're following Twitter, and all of a sudden everybody's like, this is a reincarnation of somebody else that we've seen before, you know, in, ter- in terms of the turnovers Tommy, and decision-making. No! <laughs> it was so, about that first pick when he when he pegs one right in the middle of the guy. So, so why, why don't we give you guys each a good <laughs> solid minute here. Just give me kind of what you thought of Ian Book as the starter run, running the sh- driving the ship. So I went back and I watched the whole game but when, um, in, in its entirety. But when I was watching the game live, I, I missed the third quarter. And I'm on Twitter – 
and I'm just reading Twitter as I'm missing the third quarter, and I'm just hearing, Tommy, no! <laughs> Brian Kelly, why are you throwing the ball? I mean, yeah. it was just utter Run. meltdown mode. It was yeah. amazing. People that don't even swear are like, RTD, MFB, <laughs> GDB, M. Yeah. You know, I'm and I'm like, like, what is going on? He looked pretty good early. What, what, what happened? I thought he looked fantastic early. What? I thought he looked really good he early. He did look pretty good early. All right, look. But 27.7 QBR is not not good. Is there there any chance at all, any chance at all that Ian Book starting with some kind of – if you didn't hear the rumor, the quote-unquote rumor about Wimbush and his injury was that he went out after the game was out, like in a – non-football environment. Non-football activity? Yeah, and got hurt. And then Kelly said, no, he... Bocce ball rolled over his foot? Went out and realized that his foot hurt from the game, and that's when he came back and checked in with the trainer on Sunday and did the right thing or whatever. Now, I don't know what's... I don't don't know what that story is, if Mm -hmm. there's any truth to it or not. But is there any chance at all that you guys see... I just... This thought crossed my head that book starting with some kind of... Double secret probation benching for Wimbush for making some bad decision to go party. You know, I mean, is there any possibility of that at all? I think there's a complete possibility for that. I think so too. And here's the evidence I have, which is which is circumstantial, but here's the evidence I have for that. Exhibit one. Exhibit one is we've had many, many questions surrounding the playing time given to Dexter Williams. And there's no there has been in some of the games, there's been no other explanation. Other than he was in Kelly's doghouse. Now I'm not talking about this game because well, he not, was hurt. Yeah, he's, he was hurt. Uh, yeah. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about no, Georgia. Miami of Ohio was the last game that that, uh, that Wimbush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry, but and I, which I did see Dexter Willing coming out of the tunnel in street clothes with a limp. Yeah. So, so no, I, I think there's times when he was on the bench because he was hurt, but I also think there were times when he wasn't playing for reasons none of us understood. So that was interesting. I don't know if it was necessarily a double secret benching. I, I do think, though, part of this game, let's just say Wimbush was able to go in any capacity. I think Ian Book was in this game in its entirety to see what the option was. I think that was part of it. Not not the actual football play-calling option. What is he like as a quarterback? I think that Wimbush has gotten to the point where he hasn't really brought anything. I mean, this team is surviving oh, on other the run than, game. Other than 150 yards rushing every game. Throwing, throwing. Okay. And we have so many. Well, let's not say he doesn't bring anything. You're right, anything. you're right. Yeah, so let me walk that back. He hasn't done a lot with his arm. And because of that, it's like, let's see if we have somebody that can do something with their arm. Because, oh, by the way, we got four running backs that can pull 100-yard games. Right? Well, I got, we got like two of them now. But <laughs> but either way, my my thought was that maybe it was a little bit of a punishment. But maybe it was also like... Could we get to another level if we have a QB with an arm? JJ, any thoughts on that? I, I just I, I feel like Kelly Elijah Shoemate was late to a meeting, and then all of a sudden, like it, it just always there's always this goofy reason to put somebody else in. You know, I would have much rather it gone this way than whatever monkey shit happened last year with Kaiser and Zaire and and the game, you know rotating them series to series. Just you know, like so if if right, if this right. was the alternative, I'm okay with that. I'm you glad know, it was the whole game and not ser- co- yeah correct because that's a nightmare. But I, but I you know I just I couldn't help but wonder like is there something to this you know and was it was it a way to just say hey look man you did something wrong here's a you know because that's how going into this game I felt like it had the feeling of a, the BYU a game in 2012 where Reese played the entire game. Mm-hmm. Now I think 
Golson's helmet popped off in the previous game, which I believe was Purdue. So it was like, okay, maybe it's kind of a concussion thing. Maybe not. But we're just going to keep Everett out here, and Tommy's going to play this whole game. Yeah. This sort of had this feeling. Somebody periodically comes over to him on the bench like, Are, how many fingers am I holding yeah. up? And he's like, I'm fine, man. Yeah. Come on. Put me in. He's <laughs> like, well, we're, we're just for observation. Yeah, right. We're gonna... yeah, I don't know. I, anyways, that, so that's what it is. But, you know, all things considered – this is the game to do it, right? Did anybody even take North Carolina seriously as an opponent? No. No. Not That's what all. I think happened. I think I think the powers that be consciously or subconsciously wanted to give Ian Book a look. I think that's that's what happened in this game. It may or may not Take have been convenient. A look, it's in a book. Let's say it this way. Rainbow. No matter what happened to Wimbush, if he's in a walking boot and crutches, like why would you force that against this opponent? Yeah, there's no reason to force. They it. actually have relatively decent talent. I mean, 30th ranked talent, but they're just underperforming this year. And it's what are they one in five now? I mean, well, their their injuries Carolina, have been they, yeah. Their they, injuries well, have been you knew at the beginning of the game when when ABC shows it's it's scrolling like it's a stock ticker. They're scrolling the injuries. They've got like a, a two a yeah. two right. row you know b- bar of names that's just, and it's just rolling by like credits for a oh, movie. It's no. going nonstop yeah, right. out for the season, out for out for season, out for yeah. So you know it is what it is. I mean, for me in this game in general, and we can I don't know if anybody else has thoughts on books specifically here before I kind of take the next leap. But there were so many parts of this game that were just like sort of frustrating. The first half, especially, you know, cute plays and and they're throwing pick. It just like it had a very Brian Kelly 1.0 feel to it for a lot of the game for me. It really did to the point where I made a comment. Now I made this early in the game, uh, so I got a lot of people giving me flack on Twitter at Irish Tightness. You like how I work those in, don't you? Uh, yep. They're like, "What are you? What are you talking about?" Well, look, I mean, the outcome was different, but but at the beginning, I said, you know, with the exception of the defense, you know, the penalties, the pass, ha- you know, the pass happy stuff, some of the play calling, all this goofy shit. I mean, it reeks of the the. It's a microcosm of the first seven years of Brian Kelly. Yeah. But I also put the caveat in, and you know what? I'm not going to get bent out of shape for it because if you're going to throw a book in and see what the guy can do passing, you might as well do all the goofy sh- get it all out of your system now yeah, and, and try it all and try every pass and see what all – because th- that's your chance to do it, right? Well, well right. this is Antiques Roadshow, and he's the appraiser. Mr. 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 Martin, I have a uh, Coach of Vista uh, CD yeah. over here. How much is that worth? Yeah, well, it may not have been worth CD. It comes preloaded with – Right. <laughs> I, I do think your point is a fair one, though, because it, when you watched Book in this game, he wasn't out there like, hey – all you need to do is manage, quote unquote, this game until the until right. the starter comes back. He had full leash. Listen, if if Wimbush, no way he's making if those Wimbush deep got throws. hurt against USC and it was tied, what they ask Ian Book to do is dramatically Absolutely. different. Then, Absolutely. then this is like, hey, I agree. Chip, Brian, whoever the hell wants to call plays today, get all your goofy shit out here. Let's see what we can do. And so in that context, it's like who really cares what happens? Right. Yeah, and the game, despite some of the ugliness, despite some of the things that drive Notre Dame fans who are watching it under a microscope this year, some of the things in the game were extremely aggravating. But and maybe this is kind of cherry picked and not really fair. But particularly when he, like I said, going back to the point where he was nine for twelve, he made at least a couple throws that I have not seen Brandon Wimbush make this year. Period. He made a couple throws. Who in their right mind is throwing fifty-yard bombs out of the back of the end zone? Well. Again, there, there, that was there was there was definitely some turkey bowl recess kind of stuff going to think, on. To, I mean, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it, let me ask you this: I mean, he, cousin JJ, seeing Ian Book play, seeing what he 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 
he appears to be a better passer than Wimbush at this current juncture. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Would you rather him be playing than Wimbush? Oh, that's that's a really hard question. It really is. I mean, our bread and butter has been the run with the exception of Georgia this year. I was going to throw that in. Uh, I I don't know, man. I, it made me feel comfortable. I was happy to see the, him play and play like he did and have to make some good throws, as Cousin Martin said, just because – if 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 Wimbush Boy, does get hurt, did you say something made you happy? I just want yeah. Okay, all right. Hey, I've enjoyed the first half of the season. We're gonna get that in a minute, aren't we? It's been fun. I <laughs> part part of me is glad that Wimbush can't throw that well right now. Yeah, I mean not not because I don't think you need to be two dimensional, and the season's gonna get way tougher in the next six games. Way tougher. But I almost feel like him being in there forces <laughs> forces them to call primarily run plays and if it's like option stuff with Wimbush like that's his talent at, at this point until he really hones in on his passing and I think that's I like I like the fact that that forces him to do it because every other iteration of Brian Kelly one point x one point whatever with in a scenario like that would still try to force passes five wide on the goal that's line what they would do in the in the fact that this year it's different we're like hey the guy's not passing well let's just run more yeah and I think I like that. And if and if Book was in there, I feel like they would try to pass more. This might be giving Kelly, which would blow up in their faces. It might be giving Kelly too much credit, but I think it this is, is this is the game where I think you could say, just so I know what I have in my back pocket as the season progresses, is this guy capable of another level of throwing? And when you ask when you ask the question, ask when you ask a question, would you rather have Book? The question, you know, the answer to that is. Can he provide you something in passing that outweighs what Wimbush can give you with his feet? You know, what, 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 bocce ball injury. I don't think the answer is clear. I don't think it's clear. It's certainly not clear. It's not clear. It's I saw a couple glimpses, but there's a lot of guys who can go out there in their first start and get a little bit of beginner's luck. But there were just a couple passes on. There was a pass that got caught by Claypool, I believe it was out of bounds. But he caught it and he tried to drag his toe and he hit yep. the yardage marker. Yeah. It was a sick pass. Great, amazing catch. I felt bad for all the stuff I said about the receiving core. Great catch. Some of these passes were on numbers. And there were some drops in this game too. But some of the interception decisions were sixth-grade football they, they, they level. Were, were, no, they, Tommy, they, no. They were, they were Tommy, no. Dude, style. Don't even call it Tommy Reed. I mean, Tommy Reed sometimes didn't have the arm to make the pass. Book has the arm and the decision-making that's Golson. Really, was really, really questionable. Would you be surprised if, in the fourth quarter against USC, Notre Dame trails 21-18, 21-19, 21-20, something to that effect? They get the ball back with like a minute 14, and Kelly puts Book in to run the two-minute drill instead of Wimbush. Would that surprise you at all? No. Not if throwing is what was required. Yeah. No, I'm, not I'm, at all. Again, I'm not entirely sure that he's not the best option if you have to throw the football, which is not a scenario we've seen I don't want laid that to, out in I front of Notre Dame yet. I don't want that to be the scenario. I much prefer Wimbush ripping off hundreds of yards oh, of on course. his own. There's no doubt about it. But you you think about that final, even, even Golson before everything kind of tumbled, that final drive against Florida State, you know, when he's working down and he, hit, and he hits Corey Robinson and all that, you know, there, there's a moment there where you have to have a guy that can just make the throws. And Wimbush has not... I haven't seen anything where it's like this guy, he just has the whatever, the it factor of a quarterback as a passer. He, the first thing that he does instead of 
I guess here's the best way to say it. When the pressure gets on, Book will make a risky pass decision. And as soon as the pressure's on Wimbush, he's, ta- he's taken yeah, off. Yeah, but can you even say the pressure's on in North Car- against North Carolina? No, maybe not. Maybe not. They're, like, I they're not. They're North, not running. North Carolina. It wasn't Georgia. Year. It wasn't Georgia pressure. I mean, yeah, we all saw that, right? This, like, it wasn't the same thing. Let me run something by you guys. I mean, this game was kind of weird in the first half. I mean, I I think you take it with a grain of salt. You just you know what it is, right? Books in, they're just going to throw everything at the wall. Like who really cares? I mean, as long as they win the game, they're not, you know. So so that part's all fine, you know. It didn't really care like you know, Adams went out. Deion McIntosh is ripping off 10 10 you know, 10 yard a carry average with two TDs. I mean, it's pretty crazy to see that kind of stuff. I think Notre Dame again uh, really just just forces uh, an opponent into submission, which is exciting to see. But I started to think back like the BC game, maybe not quite so much Miami of Ohio, but certainly this one to, to a degree as well, that there have been some less than appealing first halves uh, that Notre Dame has played where it just like fans are like, what is this shit? Come on, you know, and it just it, it looks kind of goofy. It, you just don't feel like it's dominating yeah, uh, yeah. like right out of the gate. I mean, not that the team's not hyped up; they have been, and they came out to play in the Michigan State game and everything else. So, like the the motivations there, but it just doesn't look like you're you like you're dominating. And then it's always the juxtaposition is how well they seem to close these guys out. And I st- I can't help but think is that something like think of a boxer that's just not like a a, a, a Somebody that just throws body blows round after round after. Is that what this running game kind of is? That you just you just power punch people in the gut, you know, till the middle of the third quarter when they just completely submiss and say, fine, you know, you you, right, right. Because if you keep chugging away, and this is how Notre Dame's offense seems to go run for three yards, run for five yards, run for two yards, you know, a lot of short runs. And I'm sure that's a product of guys, people stacking the box. But then you just get that one where you get through that those first two levels and they're gone, right? So if you just keep gut punching somebody long enough, there's a threshold in these games. And, and I think you got to give some kind of kudos to Bayless strength and conditioning. I mean, it it appears to me that they're in much better shape, at least later in the games. We'll see how later in the season goes. I get kudos to Brian Kelly for that. Yeah, right. For somebody from is this cousin JJ 2.0? It, it's this is a weird Let's, sensation. He's not even drinking either, which is even strange. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm an angry, you, I'm an angry a drinker. Moment of clarity. I just feel like I've seen you know Miami. I've seen uh, Michigan State. I've seen North Carolina. I've seen these teams pack it in. I mean, absolutely. Sure, sure. Their, but this game was different. To their me. will is broken, and it's just when when Dion McIntosh starts ripping off runs against them, you're like, these guys just they just gave up. Is that a function of the team in general? Is that a function of you know body blows with the running game? All the way, if you stay with it consistently enough, that, that you just run that team into the ground. Like, what do you think? Well, I think that you have to give Brian Kelly credit where credit is due, and I think that there's plenty of criticism, especially from my perspective. Say I say I have to give Brian. Say I J- cousin JJ has to give credit to Brian Kelly where credit is due. This game felt different. We whipped their happy hind ends. We had 487 yards versus their 265. This felt like domination from start to finish to me. Brian Kelly, the team looks stronger. There's no doubt. Brian Kelly, throughout his career, has thrown fades on the goal line. That has changed, has it not? He's running the ball. He's doing what we've asked him to do throughout his career, right? And then last but not least, you touched on it, Cousin Wes. 
he's coming out, and we look prepared in the first half. That's been one of my biggest gripes. Uh, and I guess I, I lied. There's one more thing. We're beating the teams we're supposed to be. Yeah, right. Like, that's amazing. And we're crushing them. That's great. Like, I could not – those are many things that I have been losing my mind about over years now. And, and, and he's fixed those this year. That's awesome. Hey, Brian Kelly, good job on those things. Good job. Oh, this is a <laughs> – <laughs> who, is, who, is, who is this guy? Breaking news. You know, Cousin it, JJ backtracks all his former opinions. One of the things you just ta- wait. One of the things you talked about, though, the actual DNA of this game. Brian, here's here's one thing I found was interesting. Did it? This game felt like Notre Dame knew at kickoff that they were going to win. No doubt. Because of the injuries, because they weren't ranked. And now part of me says maybe that's a little bit too confident, but we'll just put that aside. Everybody in the world knew Notre Dame was going to win this game. And I think that, A, that caused the the experimental nature of putting in book and giving him free reign to throw wherever he wanted. So that was that. Was that. But the other thing is to what my brother was mentioning earlier, which is this this kind of feels like they're just they're just pushing over and over and over, unrelenting on the runs. And to your point, they're always going to break one free. You know, some of the stats on the long runs this year are are mind boggling to me. I mean, we've seen the big plays, but when you talk about Notre Dame, and I looked this up on uh, CFB Stats, which is like becoming my favorite website, runs over ten yards. Notre Dame is ranked tenth in the country. They have forty seven runs over ten yards. When you go up to over 20 yards, they rank number three in the country. When you go up to 30 yards plus, they rank number two in the country. When you go to 40 yards plus, they're number one in the country. They have 10. They have 10 rushes over 40 yards. They have eight rushes over 50 yards. So these big plays keep happening. Now, I think there's something to be said about competition and quality of opponent. We can go there in a little bit here. But Notre Dame is ranked number one in the country, plays over 50, 60, 70 yards. They have these long runs, and they keep happening game after game after game. And it's so demoralizing for the opponent when when Notre Dame, here's the point, we talked many, many years in the past about how confident we were, say, in 2012, when, when Notre Dame was up by three points. Yeah. Now when, when Brian Kelly, the whole one-possession game thing, we've seen his record, yeah. when he's up 14, he may as well be up 40. I don't know if That's this how defense is that locked down, but the defense is clearly much improved. But I, I think that everything you said deserves to a volley across the net here to Cousin JJ on my right to at least say – with all those amazing stats of long runs, I feel like if I was Cousin JJ, I would have to point out that the longest run of the game against Georgia was eight yards. It was by Wimbush. Josh Adams' longest was seven seven yards, yards, and he went for 2.8 a carry with 20 carries. The guy barely cracked 50 yards. So while I'm excited about all those stats, and I want to be very optimistic about this Notre Notre Dame team, A, because last year was so bad, I was such a miserable prick, but also, they're, they look like they're playing defense. Drew Tranquil ripping that ball out was orgasmic to me to see somebody finally do that, being coached to do things like that. That's amazing. You know, there's so much about the defense to be happy about. The, the I'm a hashtag RTDB guy. You know, I saw whatever the stat was that – Notre Dame, Brian Kelly only had two teams in his first seven years that rushed for over 300 yards in a game, and he's done it four times. What and the, all that stuff is great. It's all pointing to a nice season this year. We're not talking about the program or the macro thing, but just as as a team in a season. But I feel like you can't just overlook the against the best competition that we've played. 
they just didn't get it done, right, Jay? They did not get it done. Do you, do you want me to get, go into that well, a little bit I mean, more? it just feels like it fits. I'm looking at you, expecting <laughs> you to. I'm expecting you to be licking your chops on the on a seven yard, you know, high run after Martin tells us all the forty yard runs against teams like Miami of Ohio, right? Right, I mean, absolutely. And I think that and I think that deserves some discussion because it's you know North Carolina is not Georgia's defense and it's not Georgia's defense so let, let me touch on this and I asked both of you to give me a minute or two just to kind of cover uh, my thoughts on Brian Kelly and again to reiterate I think all three of us say the best option is Brian Kelly to win out this year win the national championship no turnover right we all agree that that's the best scenario including cousin JJ um, I view statistics and and facts the way I use them, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear it when we're five and one. As kind of like a casino, you know, they set their slots at a, a let's say a forty percent payout, right? So you put a thousand bucks in, sure you could win four hundred dollars back, but you're go, you're going to lose statistically, right? Um, and and really, you look at the statistics. Our national championship was an anomaly. You look at these these stats from Brian Kelly against ranked and winning teams. So what I did. I went to CFB Stats, Cousin Martin's favorite website. It is my favorite website. And they, and they break down Notre Dame's record against teams with just a winning record and Notre Dame's record against teams who end the season ranked. And I included this season, so it would be up till now as if the season, quote-unquote, ended today after 6-1. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Okay. Let's start with against teams who have a winning record. Uh, for the career what do you think Brian Kelly's record is teams with just a winning record? What's his over, what's season? his overall six five, winning percentage? Seven now or is he at Yeah, he's six, won like sixty That's the overall five, winning yeah, percentage. Sixty five percent or something. So like against that. teams that are have a winning record, Te- I bet it's down like six hundred or for the, I'd say point five eight five. For the career, he's fifty five percent against teams who end the season with a winning record. Okay, so six and six or lower would not count. Well, that's a, a Navy's had a lot of winning records. So well, that, right, right. Well, so, but here's here's my point. Navy's ranked. The, the winning right record now. thing is kind of okay, but since the title game, he's won forty eight percent since twenty fourteen. He's won forty six percent, fifteen forty four, and since twenty sixteen, he's won thirty three percent against teams with a winning record. He's only won thirty three percent. Against teams with the winning record since last year. Well, and I and look, I mean, we we brought out the stats that Rodolfo I remembered his name, I think Rodolfo put out. You know, with the declining win percentage. But I mean, if for well, here's, in fairness and transparency, if you look at his last ten games, it has to be ticking up now. Well, but here, so let me look at ranked teams. His record versus ranked teams. What do you think Brian Kelly's record is against teams who ended the season ranked, and that does include Michigan State and Georgia his, this year. His entire career? His entire career at Notre Dame only. What is his record against teams who end the season ranked in the AP? Point two seven. Hmm. Point three. Point three exactly. Yes. He's 9-21 and 21 against teams who end the season ranked, which is abysmal. Um, since the title game, 28%. Since 2014-15, now it did tick up, as Cousin West said, in 2015 to 22%. But since 2016, he's only won 20% of his games. He is 1-4 uh, since 2016 against ranked teams. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing for me. Like, there are two, you know, two side of the, sides of the coin. Like, we look at Notre Dame as a program and assess Brian Kelly in his overall tenure on one hand, and then on the other hand, we're ch- trying to look at this season, right? So I think on the from the macro stuff, I mean, look, go listen, go listen to one of these shows from last year. It, we were not kind to Brian Kelly. Pour, pour a glass of red, turn the lights down low. Nor, and- nor should we have been. And 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 so you know when when on a scale of 
one to ten, one being, you know, whatever Brock Spack, and ten being Nick Saban. You know what? Like, where was where was your level of confidence that Brian Kelly would could not would that Brian Kelly? Yeah, I'll say. What do you think? Would or could win a championship? Which one would you go with? I mean, just to judge. What that he would win one? Yeah. Like from right now? No, when he was hired on day one, when Brian Kelly was hired, cousin JJ, where would you say your feeling was on a scale of one to ten? Ten, ten being that you thought that Bri- Brian Kelly would win would a national. I, I thought he was would eight, win a national championship. Would, yeah. Where are you at now? I'm at a one. Okay. And where were you last year? Uh, before the season last year, I was probably at a two and a half. Okay. And where were you at the end of last season? Probably a one. Yeah, I mean the numbers are what they are. See, and and, that, and so I just I it's Martin. Do you? I mean, do you have feeling the same way? Yeah. No. As far as as far as Wood, I mean, I think when he started, I was probably a seven. I mean, cousin JJ did a little bit more research, and ironically, he was more of a of a Kelly cheerleader when he came in. I would say I was probably a seven that he would. And part of that was just the thinking of Notre Dame winning one period. After last year, I thought it was zero. I yeah, mean, I was I negative. Mean, and that, and that's the reason I want to that I just wanted to say that is just like I don't know if I ever thought that he would. I always thought he could, and I still think that he could. He could. I mean, it's but, extremely but, unlikely. But but the but the reason I throw that out there is I just want to frame up the stuff that you said. People will interpret as. We're being negative about like this team or this year. It's just that's the way that people read into a lot of those, those things. Those are just facts, right? And that, that's and, and that's my point. I mean, look, I mean, they hit rock bottom last year. They're bouncing up somewhat this year. Granted, we're through the first half of the schedule, which has been very easy compared to the last half. But in just in context, I mean, if if you said cousin Wes, what do you think is the the probability that Brian Kelly will win a national championship at Notre Dame? Last year, I would have said zero. Yeah, right. What I've seen through six games makes me think maybe like a two and a half, only because it's trending. But that that could easily that could be four by the end of the year based on how these next six games go. It could be back to zero. And sure. I don't know, but so I just want to make sure people understand to take this season out out of this discussion right. and we're looking at the entire thing do you have another yeah, yeah so let me just say a couple more things here um and and that's right we're just pointing out facts and you may not want to hear them you may not like them but we're just pointing out facts and so like for a perfect example is 2015 what was our record in 2015 who knows it 10, 10 and, and 3. 3 10 and 3 10 and 3 a lot of people point to that as one of Brian Kelly's best seasons Jack Swarbrick says the best coaching he ever saw yeah absolutely what was our record we played four ranked teams that year what was our record against ranked teams that year 1 and 3 2 and 2 1 and 3 one and three. So again, it go, and then last year in 2016 we were 0 and three. In 2014 we were 0 and four. So my point is, did Miami not finish ranked last year? Mm, I don't know the answer to that question. But we my, did beat Miami. My, but my point is, is that if he's not playing good teams or good ranked teams, and he when he does play him, he gets beat. Okay, we well, go 10 and three, but you went well, one and, and three. That's, ranked teams. And that's why. But that's a good lead into and, to what and, we have to say now, which is as good as you're feeling. Today, about the first six games, Notre Dame being five and one, we're one and one against ranked teams and one and one against teams with a winning record right now this year. And we're only in Brian Kelly in the last few years has only won about twenty percent of his games against ranked teams. Well, and that's and it, only thirty three percent of his team games against teams with a winning record. And what, how many teams are ranked left on the schedule right now? 
There are five. There are five ranked, ranked teams. Opponents remaining. Five ranked teams. So that means statistic- five out of six. Everybody but Wake. Is everybody that right? Everybody so but statistically, Wake. Statistically, he's going to win one of those five. Statistically, not that that's going to happen. Well, see now, you're, see that's getting really, really interesting. Now, first of all, you're talking about teams that end the season ranked. Navy is on the brink. NC State is kind of a Johnny Na- come lately. Stanford's Navy's on the brink. I'm saying as good. of today, Navy's not as but good Michigan this State, year as they've been. Sure, but Michigan State sure. could end up not being ranked. So we, we can only go on off today. Michigan State could end up being ranked. They could. Who knows? What you're they could end up in the Rose Bowl for all we know <laughs> with that performance. But no, here's the here's the good news or bad news depending on how you view it. You're going to find out. You're going to find out if that's a trend that Kelly is ready to buck, okay? You're that's that's what you're going to see this year. There's at least 3 of those teams as I see it are going to end this season ranked. At least three of those. Th- I, I see no way that USC goes through this season without ending in the top twenty-five. Uh, I wouldn't say that, man. Dude. Miami trending up. They beat FSU, but Miami's the hottest. Interesting. Miami thing. and NC State are hotter than Stanford and USC at this point. Yeah, NC State is looking like one of the scariest teams after what they did against Louisville. I mean, I don't know how you compute that game. That was kind of interesting. But I guess the point is, you're going to find out what you're talking about. He's either going to go one and four, and you'll be on here week after week after week saying, "Do you remember after and North that's, Carolina?" And that's a Seven and five. Teams. That would be what? Seven and five final <laughs> yeah. result. Did yep. any of you guys predict seven and five? I actually did, did. predict seven you and did. five. Both you guys did. But let's 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 take that idea and expand it a little bit. Does anybody think that at this juncture, if you asked every Twitter could, fan, should you right, readjust? No, yeah. If you ask everybody right now on Twitter what they think, there's nobody. They're all going to say ten and two, nine. And, Absolutely, oh, I, I'm still are. at seven and five. I mean, I've not, said it for three. weeks. I know that's what I'm saying. Nine and four. If you just ask average Joe person out there, nine and four is probably going to be the lowest that you get from anybody. Let's do a Twitter but, poll. No, I'm just. Let's do a Twitter poll. Well, we can. But which is funny because when I said nine and four at the beginning of this year, everybody's like, oh, you're so optimistic, man. And I was like, that's just a, it was just a math thing, is how I. I but let's I, call I it this it. way every single Notre Dame fan, other than cousin JJ or maybe, maybe my brother here, everybody has a plus two in the win column so far from what they've seen as far as prediction, right? When you started this year, if you're predicting seven, you're thinking nine. If you're predicting nine, you're probably thinking eleven. From what you've seen, don't you think that's where people are right now? I think most people, the are, average, yeah, but most person, people are homers. And average. again, I I totally appreciate this playing against ranked teams, and we have a lot of them left on the schedule. However, I think it's very easy to say, well, let's just put a split between the ranked teams and the unranked teams. Don't forget. And again, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to play yeah, positive devil's advocate. Yeah, but he's saying teams that finish ranked. I know, but what I'm saying is. It's very easy to put five football games in their entirety into a bucket and say, well, I know we won all those games, but none of those teams are ranked. They're all cupcakes. Dude, that's five football games. Notre Dame is averaging 300 rush yards per game this year. These are still D1 opponents. Georgia. We, do we, went, I under, we, we went, lost to Georgia by one point. At Georgia, and, too. And, and we played, but, now, but look. Georgia's undefeated. Now look. They look stout, hey, and we lost by one. And I, I'm not saying that I Kelly's know, ready to I, knock but, off ranked teams. But we, we said this last week or maybe two weeks ago in the show. Notre Dame has played two ranked teams this year. They're one and one, Georgia and Michigan State, and they're averaging 120 rushing yards against those two ranked teams, yeah. which means they're averaging probably 450 against the unranked teams. Bingo. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. Look, I mean, the defense is dramatically improved. It is so much. I mean, BVG was so bad. I If there's if – there's, he looks awesome, so he doesn't even look awesome anymore. I it, it, there, that's a reason to be still harbor animosity towards Brian Kelly is the fact that he retained him. Sure, 
I mean, this is just not. I mean, com- that's it. That, com- and that's where I'm at. Completely asinine to, to, to bring that guy back last year, you know, and it, because 2015, if you look at it, they lost everybody good they played. I mean, it wasn't, if you go actually look at it, if you don't sure. just look at the record, if you dissect the games, you're like, this guy's not no good. And that that's my fear. I don't know much about this Alexander, this receiving coach. I don't know if he's doing his job or if he's not. Um, or if it's, you know, Wimbush isn't doing his job or not, or if it's Reese isn't a good quarterback. Like, I don't know what the reason is. Like, maybe the passing game you is take that back. struggling this a little. not on Reese. But here's the thing. You know, Urban Meyer, if he's not happy with w- one one area of performance of his team, even if the coach is pretty damn good, he'll, he'll they'll they'll shuffle him out. Nick Saban does that all the time. Uh, Michigan hired the uh, the OC from Alabama, and everybody thought they were stealing the guy. It's like no, Saban doesn't think he's doing a good enough job. So I, I'm curious to know if Brian Kelly 2.0 will readjust if there's a weak aspect of this team, and let's say they do finish 10 and two, but there's a there's a kind of a, a weaker spot. Does he have the balls to go out and say? you know what we got to replace this guy even though the record was acceptable is he not happy with the performance in that particular arena where he says we got to bring somebody else in i we, and we haven't seen that kind of stuff yet. right right no i think that's extremely interesting let me let me go back for a second here because i just can't let this go let me let me ask you this cousin jj and again we'll keep going with this volley about what we're expecting for the remainder of the season here's where i think a lot of people are stuck right now I agree that with Kelly's previous record against ranked teams that finished the season ranked, that statistic, which is long-term, and our long-term statistics tend to bear out better than this year's microcosm. I get it. It all makes sense to me. But I don't see how anybody can watch the six games that have happened on the field this year and say Notre Dame's going to end up 7-5. and five. And I think that's where a lot of fans are at maybe a crossroads in their mind is like, I get it. We lost to Georgia. They were a ranked team. I get it. We lost by one early in the season with a lot of young players against a team that looks like potentially a playoff team. But in fairness, Georgia was also starting a freshman quarterback for the first time in that game as well. Who's, but, who's had four games to mature for them. So. Sure, sure. But all I'm saying is we're not just saying that's a team that ended the season ranked. That's a team that's going to be competing legitimately in the SEC well, this it year. It looks like it right so now, far, too, So them. far, you so know. far. But here's my point. If you look at the data from this year, and I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. It's just different lenses. But if you look at the data from this year, and again, the stats are what they are. I'm not saying that rushing just makes everything go away and it's not like this magic wand that's going to make everything happy go lucky. However, when you look at a team that's ranked whatever they are, you know, in the in the entire country, they're the number 6 rushing team. Turnover margin, a very very important indicator of performance. Notre Dame's ranked 13th in the country in turnovers, in scoring offense, scoring offense, 18th, scoring defense, 15th. I mean, these numbers, I get the competition has has been light, that they're not playing, and it's totally backloaded. There's no way we see this team continue and win 11 and go 11 and 1. I'm not saying that, but I don't see anything that says 7 and 5 right now, even with some of the messy stuff you saw against North Carolina. So I'm not saying you're wrong. I think long term statistics tend to bear out, but they take long term time frames to come true. Dude, That's my only point. 
I have ice in my blade. They call me Ice Man, man. None of this That's faces fine. me. I, I'm so not our, trying our, to at our, all. You're dangerous. What? What? So what's our? Yeah. <laughs> what's our defense ranked right now in total defense? Whatever, and it's by yardage, allowed yards allowed per game. I don't go by yardage because the scoreboard doesn't say yards. Well, listen, that's just Jimmy, not the way they rank total defense. That's what they, it is. We're fifty seconds. I go by what defense. This, how they the game beat, is decided, they which is beat, points. They beat They're us fifteenth in, in the country point wise. They beat us in yard and points. That, and fifty second total defense and fifteen in guys. Defense I know the I know the scoreboard said we won, you guys, but they outgained us, it's so we un- got to chalk this one up no, as a listen, loss. It's unsustainable. It's unsustain- the spread is unsustainable. And I, I when I say I'm ice cold, it, when I say I'm ice cold, what I mean is Georgia and Michigan State. What's cooler are- than being cool? <laughs> What's co- ice ice cold. cold. Hey, look here, cooler than a polar bear's toenail. Okay, just listen for a second. All I'm saying is I put these other games, the other games, the four games that are a joke from a talent standpoint compared to where we're at, and they don't matter. Like we should crush those teams. Okay, so I look at the two games that were ranked teams. I still think Michigan State's a mid-tier Big Ten team. I don't think they're that great. That's fine. It's it's a legitimate win, whatever. And then when you play Georgia and you lose by one point at home, well, at Georgia, whatever you can argue that point, but it doesn't matter. We, you you lost to Clemson by you almost beat them. You almost beat you almost beat. Who gives a crap? Winners win, losers lose, and Brian Kelly and I, loses against ranked teams. That's it. And I get that. And some, but like. Do and you do it, any transitive logic where you watch Michigan State beat the number seven team in the country? Is Michigan an imposter at seven? Yes, I, yes. I think they yes, are. absolutely they are. Okay, but they're probably going to finish the season ranked. So if Notre Dame played uh, Michigan this year and beat them, like is is that are, you can't have it both ways? That's all I'm saying. It, you watched Michigan last night, not the number seven team in the country. No, they are. Notre not. Dame has got more business being number seven than Michigan. Does. Of course they do. But when we chalk things up to who finished ranked again, I'm just saying there's there's some there's some holes here. But I think the the point is true. Overall, Kelly is pretty good against teams that are supposed to be worse than him on paper, and he's not that we, good against teams that are equal or better. If, we that's get my it. point. If you, if you apply his ranked winning percentage against the rest of the season, playing five out of six teams that are ranked, it would say that he's going to lose four out of the six games? Yeah. That's yes. what that's That's what the previous stats will say. It, how this goes... The balance of the year, assuming those teams all remain ranked, it is going to be a large indictment or or a, a vindication for what if this is Brian Kelly 2.0 or not. It is. That being said, we titled a podcast "Smoke and Mirrors." Uh, we call uh, I put, did put a question mark, so it wasn't a statement. It was a more of a question. Yeah. But talking about the Michigan State game, a team that was prone to coughing the ball up, and Notre Dame t- took the ball away three times or whatever it was. And said, is that, you know, is that something good that Notre Dame did, or is that just because Michigan State's sloppy with the ball? And, you know, but that was a game where Michigan State won on yard points, but Notre Dame won on real points. I right? love yard points, by the way. <laughs> well, listen, Hashtag yard points. Listen, I'm the only person out there, and no. I said I was not happy with that because I thought Michigan State looked amazing. They were driving up the field, they, they had some stupid they, turnovers. They, they, like, they, whatever. They started launching at the end and, and were moving the ball. A little they bit. beat us in yards the whole game. But here's my point. The whole game. But my point is if your defense is taking the ball away, that can bail out giving up some yardage. Yeah, Michigan outgained and, Michigan and, State and, last and night. And we can debate if if that's that's even a sustainable model. That's when we started talking about Shane Walton in the tw- 2002. I mean, so that's when all those conversations happened. That being said, when I watched Drew Tranquil rip the rip the ball out of a guy's arm like he's starting a lawnmower when he tugs on that thing, that's exactly what you want to see. They took the ball away from uh, they had an interception and two and two t- fumble takeaways. 
against North Carolina. So if Notre Dame defense can continue to do that, and I don't know if they can. I don't know if Stanford is more that much more fundamentally sound where it's impossible to rip a ball away. I don't know. But if the defense continues to do that type of stuff, that's a very positive development for beating ranked teams that they've historically lost to and for winning games even if they do get outgained. And, and I'm just saying it's the law of averages, right? It's great. We're winning turnover battles. I can see that. That's amazing. That's a huge improvement. Who would not be happy with that? But there's going to be a game this year when we're playing a team with, with really good talent like USC who's got ninth ranked talent, Notre Dame's 11th, and where maybe we lose the turnover battle. And I'm just saying you get outgained by 150 yards and you have an equal or less turnover battle, like we're going to pay the piper and we're going to pay them badly. Well, I'm not saying you're wrong there. And USC actually is a good candidate for being the team that does that because USC has actually been very efficient in turnovers this year. Year. I don't remember what their exact rank it, rank is, but they forced a lot of turnovers as well. All I'm saying is we got to be a little bit careful, I think, about chalking the entire constant up to Brian Kelly because the reality is when we look at this year, nobody can argue at this point. I don't even care what kind of facts you want to throw at me. The difference in in defensive coordinator quality and, and offensive potentially. You couldn't you couldn't design. A, a bigger difference between two offensive coordinators than what we saw with Van Gorder and Mike Elko. You just couldn't. Defense, for yeah. right. but, like, Defense we, sorry. My, but so what I'm saying is you're talking about Brian Kelly overall when he's ahead of the ship. They're losing the teams that finish the season ranked. I get it. That is the constant. That is the constant line. That's the thread throughout that long-term stat. However, I've always maintained the hope that it's possible that he creates a synergy underneath him with the coordinators that that allows them to go to another level. As my brother mentioned, some of the symbol or some of the symptoms of that positive seem to be a defense that's forcing turnovers and scoring points. I'm not saying they've improved. That didn't happen last year. That's a huge, no, Notre Dame, huge. Notre Dame has as many takeaways. It's a huge deal. Has as it's many takeaways. They have as many takeaways now, halfway through the season, as they did all of last. That's year. awesome. That's great. And hey, listen, if we beat USC. I'll be the first to concede that that is a huge step in the right direction. Beat them like they owe us money. Them, listen, we have two. Beat them like they stole have, our tacos. We have <laughs> JJ. We have two wins, Martin. Two wins against ranked teams who ended the season ranked, or including this year, since 2014. Two. So if Brian Kelly beats since USC 2014? since 2014, oh my God, in 2014 we had zero. 2015 we had one. 2016 zero. This year we have one. So if we win two against and ranked teams a, this and year, and that's assuming Michigan State finishes right. That's assuming they finish right. right. Mm-hmm. So my point is, if we beat USC, God, I'll be the first to concede. Dude, that's so bad. That's horrible. That's so but bad. I'll be the first to concede to step in the right direction. But it's like the casino. Could you go in the casino, put a dollar in, and win a million dollars? Yeah, you could. Yeah, we could beat USC, but until he does it through, consistently yeah. and through the rest of this year, because I already know what's going to happen. We beat USC, and I was like, Cousin JJ's is an idiot. He's completely wrong. It's like, okay, well, let's see him do it against Miami and see him do it against Stanford. No, I agree. See him, he's got it. Uh, here's he's the, here's it. the difference, though. Notre Dame, I, I, I mean, Diaco, Chuck Martin, like all these guys, Sanford. I mean, I got a lot of love and respect for all these coordinators over all the years. I mean, there's there's a lot of things to like about all those guys. But if we're if you're being brutally honest with yourself, most of them were buddies with Brian Kelly, and and when they were brought in, and and Chuck Martin seems like one of the greatest guys on earth. Mike Mike Sanford seems like he's got a tremendous career ahead of him and a, and a, a fantastic personality. Diaco. Who knows what it's going to end up now, but we we look back and fondly remember what was the 2012 season when we think, oh, Bobby Blue Eyes, okay? Mm -hmm. Awesome hair. 
all these my kids started watching full house reruns by the way which is the craziest thing that they're watching it and uh, uncle jesse when he's like don't touch the hair don't touch that's how diaco yeah, was i know yeah. that's great he's getting fired up don't get pre- don't get me distracted i've got can i, I give got, a I got quick two... point that sanford and kelly weren't buddies before he was hired no no, right? no sanford's sanford's not but okay. I, i'm saying a lot of these guys we have fond memories he was the outsider right jeff quinn there's a lot of a lot of cruddy right. stuff but we don't have sure, fun sure. i mean we don't have a lot of fond memories with quinn we you know we do on some of these other guys but the point is a lot of them were Kelly's buddies and you just have to wonder at what point you know did they maybe not maybe bow down a little bit to him or at least like uh he could override things you know or sure. which is it's as right as the head coach but he just hasn't done a very good job of it in his first seven years of making executive decisions right no um and, and so i think well not only that you're either a dictator or you're a delegator and it was messed up the whole who's calling the play thing it was it wasn't even one way or the other it's one thing to have figurehead coordinators and you're the supreme ruler of all he didn't even indicate that it was that. It's another thing to be a figurehead coach who's just walking around, maybe like a Bill Snyder or something, I, and the coordinators are doing all the work. But it's not that either. It's been both because it seems like a guy that doesn't have a definitive plan as the season I, I, I starts. I guess where I'm going with this is if there is a hope for Brian Kelly 2.0 or or a chance that he can beat those odds or the, the compulsive gambler who's lost all his money and still comes back Maybe he has a new system now or, you know, or new gambling coaches or like or a new support team at, at his meetings when he goes to. I put the winnings in my left pocket. Yeah, right. If I only if I win something and I only respend half of it, you know, whatever it is. Right. I guess where I'm going is I don't chip long. I love what I see out of the offense so far. Uh, I don't know if it'll take us through the rest of the year winning how we're winning now, because, again, it did fail against the you know on a from a production standpoint 120 yards is not 300 or 400 yards is what they're averaging against Michigan State and Georgia right but if if Elko Elko looks like the real deal he looks like the real deal I mean this I mean think this is he's he's had the same amount of time that Greg Hudson had now I understand that Greg Hudson had to completely eradicate the mind diarrhea that all these players had from BVG prior but I mean, the guy, the guys coached six games. Look yeah. at the, look at what you see from the defense now, in just six games. It's Even a, if it's just effort, it's amazing. Even simply, the guys being in the right, lined up in the right place. Yeah. I mean, these are there's stupid no, things no to doubt. even count as moral victories. But the fact that someone on this team is ripping at the Niles Morgan's got him wrapped up, and I, I mean, I said this fifty times to my kids today in our football game. We only caused two turnovers, by the way. We had four last week, so not quite as exciting. But the fact that the first guy in wraps up, the second guy rips the ball out. And just to see him do that, God, I mean, is it possible that if Kelly stays the hell out of the way of Chip Long and Elko, that these guys can beat the trend that you're saying about Brian Kelly's stats against ranked teams? Because that's what he didn't have before, is guys that were capable on their own to do what they knew how to do. Or if they were, he was always intervening. Well, and that's Brian Kelly's problem. You you put it in a nutshell there. I mean, great leaders hire great people and then get out of their way and help lead them and guide them. And Brian Kelly was the ultimate micromanager from my perspective. And I, listen, I'm the only Notre Dame fan in the country I right now, I'm admitting it, who is not huge on Elko. I think Elko has done a, a much better job than Van Gorder, but that's not saying a lot. And I don't think the 52nd ranked defense in the country is like, 
anything to get excited about. 25th rank or lower? Would you stop using yards, yard points? <laughs> listen, Martin. <laughs> yard, listen, hashtag yard points. Every, everybody listening to this, please do me a favor. At Cousin J, at, find him on Twitter, at him, and hashtag yard points. we got to get this hey, listen, thing going. Hey, listen to me. Yard points. Every stats, stat site <laughs> out Jimmy there. Jimmy Page and the yard points. ESPN, <laughs> CFB stats, every single one measures total defense on to- average yards allowed per game. Every Everyone. football game is decided on points. That's fine. That's Every fine. Every football game out there That's from, fine. from my brother's third grade team to the Super Bowl. 25 nothing Is decided on. And as I just, what was the yardage? I don't care. I don't care about matter. points. It doesn't and matter. A, and as I demonstrated and as I demonstrated yards. two weeks ago, the best teams who win national championships are in the top ten in rather total offense or total defense, which are measured by yards. Did you and that's points. not an anomaly. Did you, did you look at the national championship teams in scoring defense and scoring well, offense? Cousin Martin's all into that, so why doesn't he do it for next well, week? Well, I'm just saying we I should, we e- should do I, that. I'm happy to do that. I bet it's an even stronger indicator. I would think the correlation is is as good. Again, the reason I mention that is not just because of the blatantly obvious point that football games – tend to be decided on points. But the other thing that we talked about is this murky concept of efficiency. I have to throw this stat out there. I was looking through CFB stats. I can't drop that enough because I love the site. Notre Dame, okay, Notre Dame is the number six rushing defense, rushing offense in the country. They're the number six rushing offense. They're averaging over 300 yards rushing per game. Oh, now we're talking yards. Why don't we go talk yeah, about rushing talk touchdowns? About touchdowns? Hang on, okay. hang on. I'm, ta- I'm talking about efficiency. Oh, you want to talk about let's, touchdowns? Let's play they, more unranked teams. They're, they're number one with 22, right? They have 23 touchdowns, yeah. and I think they're about number five or six in okay. terms of rushing touch rushing <laughs> touchdowns, not total touchdowns. You can guess some of the teams that are above Notre Dame in terms of team rushing, can't you? Navy. I watch them every week. Navy. Army. I think South Florida's up there. Arizona's up there. And Georgia Tech, right? Now, guess who is also in the top of time of possession? Georgia Tech, Army, Navy with the triple option. Take a stab at what Notre Dame is ranked time of possession. Before you answer, recall that I just told you Notre Dame has the number six rushing offense in the country. They're averaging... Even though one of them was Georgia and the other ones are all cupcakes that don't matter, Notre Dame is ranked number six in the country rushing, 300 yards rushing per game. Guess what they're ranked in time of possession in the country? 67th. 50th. 95th in the country time of possession. This stat may not mean anything in particular, but it's mind-boggling that Notre Dame can be so high in terms of rushing production. Again, I'm understanding the quality of competition. And the low, low time of possession. Now, a huge part of this is the big plays, which it's, we've it's, talked it's, about. It's all what it is. We talked about last week. We saw the Cousin first four-minute drive I, against I, North Carolina. I think you probably heard me going through the drive stats. It was a minute, two minutes, yeah, whatever. Right. But the question still remains, which I don't know if we truly saw it in North Carolina, at least not with Wimbush, because I, I posed the question. We still don't have the answer to it. It's neat that you can rip off 70-yard runs when you know when, when the blocking works right and the, and the opposing defense w- breaks down. And I love the f- – I will not fault them for that. In fact, I applaud them for running nine times and the tenth one being a breakthrough like that. You yeah. have to run it ten times for that to happen. If you only run three times, law of averages, never that never plays out. So we're already in a better place by staying committed to that. But what I said is – Push comes to shove against a good team, a good defense, a ranked team, a major when you gotta put a drive together. Still not sure that we know if we know that Notre Dame can do that or not. 
and and because in sure. the time of possession would support that it's a, this is a quick strike offense, even though it's with run and not pass. That's the craziest thing. It's a quick strike offense with the run. It's just because. Within two minutes, one of those running plays finally breaks through. Yeah. Typically, it seems in the second half more so uh, than in the first, but, you know, whatever. Um, what, the big play seemed like their second half? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's evenly The 78-yarder against, well, it was Miami yeah, of Ohio. Yeah, the, I, I guess, yeah. This was all foreshadowed by Sierra Wood against Oklahoma, which is like your favorite play it in is. The history. It is. It's the best of, play of the Brian of, Kelly of era. Notre Dame. It is. So, look, I, I think the good thing is, I feel like this conversation was a little bit more dynamic. I appreciate what Cousin JJ is bringing here. I think that there is absolutely a logical argument about Kelly's tendency to revert to the mean and not just him look all these coaches do this all these coaches have an MO and we see certain things let's go ahead first of all I I must apologize I think we missed the Charlie Weiss reference last week so I'm going to go ahead and work one in right now the knock on Charlie Weiss was the the ridiculous blowouts right I mean they started losing to teams they had no business to and when they played good teams they were getting smoked I don't know if it's necessarily better that Kelly makes the game like it gets within the dignity window, but they still lose every <laughs> single time. I don't know if that's any better. You took my dignity. Is that is that any better, right? Like well, my self-respect. Well, let me put it this way. At the end of the 2007 season, Notre Dame finished 94th in Sagarin, 91st in Sagarin. It was in the 90s, okay, because of the blowouts. And yeah. last year, despite being four and eight, which is still the worst it's been, and and look, I mean, just because you're better than Charlie Weiss in 2007 is that's nothing to to you know hang on your mantle as as a badge of honor. That I we wish w- you could get paid more than him for being better than him. But you know, I think Notre Dame finished 54th in Sagarin or something last year. So I mean, not because of those close losses, sure. despite that it was a one win difference. Or a one loss difference, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, it was still, I mean, it was it was vastly less bad last year. Yeah, just at least staying somewhat close. Well, I mean, we got a, we're going into a bye week. I don't know if we'll do a uh, podcast or not. I don't care to necessarily. Uh, I'd rather golf. But... We need to heal, just like the team needs to heal. We can all agree that this is probably the best possible juncture for a bye week for Notre Dame right if you now. Give it really a, if calves you give, the season in two in a really interesting I, I, way. I, I Don't think, you think? I think we I all I, I begrudgingly went into this year with Brian Kelly, right? Because I just believed he deserved to lose his job after last season. That being said, he was he was the coach. I you know, gotta give him a, a slow clap for the coordinator hires thus far cousin jj's not sold on elko yet i I mean like comparing six games of this year to last year is the same way as probably comparing elko to bvg it's just it was so freaking bad yeah do you remember that one time you got shot nine times like this is way better, isn't you only it? Got beat, like, you only got beaten up with a baseball bat this time. <laughs> yeah, like this no, is... I mean, but but I mean, if you had to give a grade to, they've they can only play who they've played so far. They can only do, you know, they haven't gotten to the meat of their schedule other than Georgia. But I mean, if you gave a grade for the first six games, the first half of this season to Brian Kelly and Notre Dame, where, where do you put them? 
Well, if you wipe the slate clean and I don't take any of the historical stuff into it, it's just like a, it, this has been a fun first half of the year, man. I mean, it has been fun. We're smoking teams. There's a lot of positives I gave Brian Kelly credit for uh, at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, I'd give us a solid B. I mean, it's a B. Uh, I mean, does that change based on the previous history? I, I think it does, though. I mean, because, again, my expectation is a national championship once a decade. I mean, that's not an unreasonable na- uh, expectation. And, and if you're expecting a national championship, um, even the most homer of fans, which we have plenty of them who – who are out there uh do, does anybody really think we're gonna win out the rest of the year even the most passionate Notre Dame yeah fan? I would say there, I'm sure there's well, let's do out the poll let's does. do the Twitter poll because I really want to I want to get down on that I, I I don't care what the people my brother <laughs> mentioned the possibility this team could win no, out I, two I, games ago listen I mean they are ranked higher in Sagra than they won than everybody else on on the schedule they're ranked higher in Sagra and it doesn't mean it'll continue that way but they are how, right how now. would you guys grade them this year through the first Six games. If you if you talk, well, let's be honest. If you talk about a curve, which included last year, this this team's an A minus, an A. I mean, that's not, totally what's happening. Not but, without, not no curve. But Come any on. well, anybody that's making an assessment of Kelly right now is saying because it's just we're human nature. It's human nature to say, well, no. last year was so bad. If you look at it in a complete Wrong. vacuum, I, I I think a B is fine. <laughs> I think a B is fine because many many Notre Dame fans understand what it means to have a team that can beat. The, the Miami, Ohio's, and the Temple's, and the Boston College's And we weren't doing that for a and, long time, so Right, great. so we fixed, we fixed the glitch. We fixed the, the glitch, okay? I, I like that. I do like that. But you're right. The there next was a, level, there was a you massive, want a statue? You beat the There was teams. a massive security vul- vulnerability in last year's OS. Doesn't mean that, that w- maybe this is Vista. Maybe it's the next hot thing. Does I mean, he have your personal information in your photos now? It, it, everybody does. Fucking Yahoo, my 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 healthcare <laughs> Did you see provider. Yahoo? Oh, my, by the way, my everybody bank, was breached. Equifax, That's what they came out. Equifax oh was given a no bid contract to handle it's handle data for the U.S. government. Just like who gives a shit at this point? The CIA, they everybody has everything. Just. I just put my social on my license plate. Like, it's a bumper sticker. <laughs> who cares? Like, that means... Who, yeah, you're right. Hashtag yard points. Hashtag my social. Can you guys please get hashtag yard points? <laughs> I want a full-scale Twitter Stop onslaught. It. It's about time for Twitter rampage. Oh, I can't wait till hashtag I'm right. What, ready for what is people. Notre Dame ranked hashtag yard points? Hashtag oh cousin gosh. JJ is the truth. They're, I think they're... I think they're... Uh, I love me some me. I think they're a... B minus, B minus. I, I don't sure, want to go quite sure. to C plus. See, people will react negatively if I say C plus, but I mean, Georgia was frustrating. Georgia, Let's be honest, yeah, that was a frustrating that, that, game. Michigan State was frustrating for me. So, Georgia, I mean, the Georgia loss, I mean, is irritating, and also the fact that they're, I mean, running the ball. I love more than anything in the world football related. In case my wife's listening. <laughs> I love I love running the ball. It's great. I love everything about it. The fact that they couldn't do it that well against Georgia and Michigan State is somewhat concerning to me. This team could they're talented enough and they got if they get the mojos going right, uh could win out. They could potentially make the playoff. I think they will get their ass ripped by Alabama if they go to the playoff. I don't think it would be the best thing for the health of this program to go to the playoff. It would be like Shaq and Limbo. Uh, not it would, good. If you remember what happened with Michigan State when they played Alabama, I think it was 38 nothing or something to that. I mean, yeah. 
What, you can't use the example of Notre Dame playing Alabama. Right, yeah. We all remember that too. What? what did we, did we played here, Alabama. Here's the thing: I think that everybody needs to understand. I, I don't know if they will. because we. Let's be honest. Notre Dame won yet another multiple let's touchdown lie. victory. You said let's be honest like four times here. Let's be honest. Let's, 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 let's be honest. Let's with be our honest. Listeners. Hashtag yard. Well, points. cousin JJ's doing hashtag. Yeah, this is like some sort of stat that I've never even heard of. You know, honesty. Honesty. Look, honor. let's be honest. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> This, for whatever reason, for better or worse, this season completely lined up schedule-wise as a preliminary audition, if you will. I played poker the other night with a bunch of dudes, and this is like the initial table, right? And now, six games in with the bye week, now you're at the main table. The second half of this season, I understand that Georgia was maybe, potentially, the best team that Notre Dame will play this year. I think they will But the way that this season shakes out, it is like preliminary stuff games one through six and it gets real so cousin jj is going to be closely watching the stats about beating or losing the teams that end the season ranked the everything that matters with notre dame this year is is has yet to happen i guess that's the point that i want to make everything that matters about kelly i mean georgia matters but i but i agree with what you're saying you know and usc is usc has a lot of emotional capital but i'm not entirely sure that usc is the best team remaining on the schedule right now you know you know what i like is how you know they criticize me looking at all these statistics and odds but you know then they play poker and they don't invite me hmm I, look, it wasn't my place to invite. It wasn't my house. So what do you want me to do about <laughs> you're that? Lu- you're lucky we invited you back for the podcast. <laughs> right. That's what fair. You, what do you that's want me fair. to say? All right, that's it for this week. We appreciate everybody listening. This has been ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. I will be tweeting out my analysis, uh, Excel analysis. Now, not that anybody knows my worst-kept secret Twitter handle. Hashtag yard points. Hashtag yard points. Notre Dame wins 33-10. to 10. They outgain the Tar Heels and yard points and real, and real points. Real oh, so we won for real because yeah. we outgained them yeah, for real. real. We did. Well, that's we good out- news. I didn't uh, even know that. Got a bye week. I don't know. We'll take a look and see what's uh, what to do for the bye week. Um Hit me on Twitter if you want to do a bi week golf if you live in the Midwest ish. I mean, within 100 miles of South Bend, give or take. Uh, I'll go play golf on Saturday. Now, do you go by to... stroke or just by how many yards you actually yeah, drive it, over? Oh, no. It doesn't matter if you. The score is irrelevant, if, right? If you scored a two and I scored a nine, the fact that I outdrove you. How much you, distance yeah, you covered? Yeah, that's yeah, all. Are you going to okay. retweet my analysis? That's all I want to know. I don't know. Maybe. Sure, sure, we will. Pity we'll retweets. Retweet Pity retweets. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Appreciate everybody listening. Uh, go Irish. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks now I've been feeling it since 1966 now